Shalom Aleichem, Erev Tov. We are continuing in the, probably the last section of Mishnah Tejarim before we jump right back into the writings of Harav Kuk. Shalom. And a reminder of what we've been doing so far. So we've been discussing Chasidut in the writings of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Mutato as it relates to mitzvot ben adam makom between us and our fellow and mitzvot ben adam between us and other people. And so if you'll look at the section which I just sent to you, says Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutato. Tonight's shiur is sponsored by Baruch and Rachel, Seven in honor of the birth, the Hebrew birthday of Rachel and Leo, which are right now. Mamash, Mazal Tov, Shabbat Shalom. should have nachat and only good health this year. Mazal Hashem. Vihine, gemilut chasadim, hu ikar gadol chasid. Performing acts of kindness is a tremendous part of what it means to be a chasid. Ki chasidut atzmo, because the word chasidut in and of itself, nigzal mi chesed, comes from the root of the Hebrew word of chesed. And that's why until now, he showed us many examples of chasidut as it has to do with the Kadosh Baruch and others. rabbis told us in The world stands on rest on three things. What is that? On Torah, on service of HaKadosh Baruch and Gimilut Chasadim. What is Gimilut Chasadim? This is that we're talking about right now. What does we say in the morning? Right, that's one of them. When Tamut Torah, our rabbis tell us that Tamut Torah is connected to Kulam. It's greater than all of them. Does it mean you should ignore the rest of them? No. No. It simply tells you, hey, in a matter of importance, this one's the most important. It doesn't mean the other ones are not important. They clearly are from the most important things in the world. It doesn't tell you Gimut Chasim is last. It tells you it's, it's still important like the other three. Like the other two. Vambu Odin, a rabbi, tell us a Masechet Sota. Darash Rabbi Simlai. Rabbi Simlai teaches. Torah, This is a derasha. It's obviously not pshat in the Torah. Why is it a derasha? Because he's using something in the Torah to teach us how important the midah of chesed is. Is there a chumash here? I think those are chumashim. No, those are not chumashim. Do any chumashim here? One of the regular, I can't see. One of the blue ones, the regular ones. No, those are Rambans. Also, not those. There's maybe a small one up there, a brown one, looks small. What is that one? Is it only Birashit or that's all of them? Shmot. 
Here, there's a Tanakh here. I can bring the Tanakh. It's a little book up there. And for those who are watching online, don't think you're in a Berakhneset that has no Chumashim. We just, all the Chumashim are in the other Berakhneset. That one, that one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right at the beginning of Bereshit. At the end of the second chapter, Akadosh Baruch Hu reaches out to Adam and he asks him, Ayeka, where are you? What is he asking him? Where are you? But he yells where you are. That's right, he knows. It. You want to fix that book so it doesn't fall? He knows where he is. So why is he asking him Ayeka? But Akadosh Baruch Hu doesn't know where he is. Where are you spiritually? Pshat, I want a Pshat. Don't give me any Midrashim and no Kabbalah and no just Pshat. Give me an answer. Pshat. When you're at home, you say, Ima, why did you do that? What does Ima say you should say? Why did you do that? He says, did you do that? Did you do that? Right? Why did you take my cup? You should say and said, did you take my cup? Yeah. Before you accuse somebody of something, you first have to make sure you give them an, an, an ability to explain themselves. He knew where he was. He's asking him, watch, when I was in Yeshiva, you skip a class. So my rabbi says, no, where were you? Clearly I wasn't in class, right? He says, what, were you in class? No, I wasn't in class. Why is he asking me? Before I get you in trouble, tell me you went to go take care of your grandmother. Tell me you went to go visit somebody who was sick in the hospital. Tell me, I'm giving you a chance. Before you, I blow you out of the water, let me give you a chance. HaGosh teaches us Before he's going to accuse Adam of anything, at least explain to me what was going on in your head. Because from what I'm seeing over here, this doesn't make any sense. So what does he do after he has his conversation with him uh, in the Gan Eden? At the end, the last pasuk, Vayas Adonai Elohim Adam He makes for them Kotunot, what are those? Clothes. Clothes. and he dresses them. The Torah says Rabbi Simlai. Interesting, his name is Simlai. What does Simlai mean? Yeah, clothing. Lechem v'simla, that's what Torah says. Simla doesn't just mean, today they use it in Hebrew, modern Hebrew, for a woman's clothes. But it doesn't have to be for a woman's clothes. A man's clothes also simla. Rabbi Simla says, what do you see in the beginning of Bereshit? The Torah begins with chesed. HaKadosh Baruch sees two people naked. Until now, were they naked? They didn't see To them, it didn't bother them. Only now do they feel naked. So what does that do for them? Let me give you clothing. The first thing he does is chesed. The Torah, he says, also ends with chesed. Where does the Torah end with chesed? In the end of Devarim. I went too far. I forgot it's a Tanakh.
וימות שם משה עבד אדוני בארץ מואב על פי אדוני. משה רבנו דייס, over there in the land of מואב, איזה הקדוש ברוך הוא רצה. ויקבור אותו בגיא בארץ מואב מול בית פאור. Who buries him? רבי סימלאי learns in a דרשה that הקדוש ברוך הוא is the one who buries משה. ולא ידע איש את קבורתו עד היום הזה. Nobody knows until today where he was buried. I'm certain that there are other people who interpret this verse differently. But Rabbi Simla is using this verse. Adirasha. What's Adirasha? It's not Peshat and the Pasuk. What's he telling you here? The Torah begins with a chesed of giving somebody clothes. This week there was, uh, I, mean, I, didn't, I actually didn't have a chance to watch it, but I saved it in my, to watch. There was a video supposedly of a Chabad rabbi in New York on the subway. who gave his shoes to some guy in the subway who didn't have shoes. Chesed. That's Chesed. And at the end, Moshe Rabbeinu dies, according to Rabbi Simlai, who buries him? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah begins with Chesed, and it ends with Chesed. To teach you, these are the, these are the book ends. You know, we have books in you. You put two things to hold the books. Those are the, the Torah begins with, the Torah ends with it, it means it's very, very important. Now, the reason why it's a derasha, Because you could say all kinds of things. The Torah begins with bad, it ends with bad. The Torah begins with death, and you can do all kinds of things you want. Here it's a derasha. It's not a, it's not a fact. But Rabbi Sinai is telling us that so much of the Torah is dedicated to teaching us to do chesed. V'amu'od, and the rabbis tell us in Yivamot, Darash Rava, Rava taught, Kol mi sheyesh bo shalosh midot halalu, biyadu'a shuhu mizaro shal Avraham Avinu. Anybody who has these three character traits, we know about him that he is from the descendants of Avraham Avinu. What are they? Rachaman, he's a person who's compassionate. Baishan, a person who has humility, anava. Vilgomel chasadim, and a person who performs acts of kindness. This comes from Yivamot 79. אמר, דוד המלך סט, שלושה סימנים באומה זו. There are three סימנים, what are סימנים? What does it mean signs? So the סימן is not just a sign. סימן is something that distinguishes somebody from something else. Yeah? Siman, how do you know that a fish is kasher? It has simanim. What are the simanim of a fish? Very good. It has fins and scales. What are the signs that an animal is kasher? How do you know a cow is kasher? Male. Gerahu. Very good. It chews. It has uh, split hooves. And it chews its cut. What does it mean, chews its cut? It wasn't chews its cut. What does it mean? I think it has. Oh, no. 
Wally's dinosaur. Wally's dinosaur. Yes. Wally yes. Did it eat? Spit up. Did it eat it again? It's kind of gross, but that's one of the simanim of a kasher animal. So what are the simanim of a Jewish person? So for example, if you find a fish that has no scales, kasher or not kasher? Not kasher. If you find a cow that doesn't have split hoofs, kasher or not kasher? If you find a Jewish person who doesn't have these simanim, Amal, David Amalek said, there are three signs in this nation. And then he brings proof texts to these things, and this is something beautiful. So now when it comes to Giyu, how do you choose who to convert to Judaism and who not? Says David HaMelech, Anybody who has these three signs, means that they're fitting to join this people, to the Jewish people. I won't lie to you if I tell you that in our Beladin, I've more than once discouraged somebody from the process of Giyu because they were lacking one of these things. Not because they weren't putting on tzitzit in the right direction, or because that wasn't the reason. These things though, for me, they could be a deal breaker. The Rambam... I don't remember where I'm looking, remembering for now. I think it's the Rambam who says that if you find somebody who doesn't have these three simanim, go and check if he's really a descendant of Avraham Avinu. If you find a Jewish person who's not a Gomel Chesed, likely he's not Jewish. If you find somebody who says they're Jewish but they have no busha, Likely she's not Jewish. A person has to check. The Lubavitch Rebbe and Lubavitch Shalom didn't like this. It made him uncomfortable. Can you And he said you have to be missing all three simanim. Okay. Whatever you want to do. But these are three signs, meaning one of the innate character traits that we look for in what makes a Jewish person kasher. Bayshanim, achmanim, begomle chasadim. People do chesed. It's very interesting to me. When people look, oh, are there religious Jews in your community? Define for me a religious Jew. him in a religious Jew. What makes you orthodox nowadays? If you have a good costume. Okay, black hat and a black coat, that's one. What else? A beard. A beard, very good, that's good. What else? Tzitzit hanging out. Tzitzit hanging out of your pants, very good. A lot of simanim. You wear a kippah, very good. My old rabbi used to say, uh, "Keres v'zakan chatzir rabban." <laughs> Very good. Like a, like a like a gut. I guess it, I don't know if it applies to women, but I guess only only men really. If you have a gut and a beard, then you're already halfway to being a rabbi. Peot, peot. Even better if you walk around with a stinky towel from the mikveh in the morning. That's even better. No. What else? <laughs> Okay, so I now said jokes. Really, now they define orthodox. You keep Shabbat, you eat kasher, and the third one, I don't know how they check. Let me ask you a question. 
If David HaMelech knew those simanim, why did he give us different ones? Shalosha simanim hem b'Yisrael. I don't care how big your beard is. You push me in the line for Kiddush, then you don't belong here. Rachmanim, you see somebody, you come out of the bed, can I say you see some homeless guy, ah, these people get out of my city. You don't belong here either. Gomlech Hasadim, you hear somebody needs help, and you, oh, sorry, I can't hear you, I gotta go. You hang up the phone. Gomlech Hasadim, I don't know, who needs you to keep Shabbat? If you're not a Baishan, Rachman, and Gomlech Hasadim. You can do Shabbat afterwards. But you have to be a Jewish person first. Before being Jewish, you have to be a human being, but I'm already, we're now talking about Hasidim. So the assumption is someone is a Hasid, he's already human, and he's Jewish, and now he's a Hasid. But it's very interesting to me, what makes a person Musa? Oh, to be a kasher witness in the chuppah, he has to be Shomer Shabbat. Yeah, what about the fact that he's a crook? What about the fact that he, he abuses his wife? What about the fact that I see the way he speaks to his children, or doesn't speak to them? What about the way that I see, I have a list. All those people now, because they keep Shabbat, now they can be edim on a ketubah. Yeah, you could put them in a, in a ketubah. And likely, in 10 years from now, when she wants to get divorced, she doesn't need a get, she could just leave. It's likely the ketubah was not kasher. He's a crook. What kind of crook is considered a person who's able to be an ed in a ketubah? Ramchal continues, and our rabbi tells him a second to come. Amar Vial Azar, Vialazar says, Gedola Gimilut Hasadim, Yoter Minat Sedaka. Gimilut Hasadim is greater than Sedaka. Now, I want to just tell you to turn on your Gimah head for a moment. The example he's going to give, don't necessarily make it greater as in it's a more important mitzvah. Rather, he's showing you how much more accessible the mitzvah of Gimilut Hasadim is than the mitzvah of Sedaka. Let's read. שנאמר, it says in Hoshea, זירו לכם לצדקה, קיצרו לפי חסד. That you should sow for yourselves, צדקה, charity, and you should reap based on the chesed that you put in. What does that mean? Our rabbis tell us, ואמרות בשלושה דברים גדולה גמלות חסדים מן הצדקה. גמלות חסדים is greater than צדקה in three ways. שהצדקה בממונו, צדקה you do it with money. וגמלות חסדים בין בגופו, בין בממונו. You could do גמלות חסדים whether with money or with your body. Tell me how you do גמלות חסדים with money. Yes. You give someone money, גמלות חסדים with money. How do you do Gimut Chasadim with your body? Wait, I thought, I thought that's how to give people. How do you do Gimut Chasadim? You had Kasher, Kiyah, you still don't want to... Today, I was in Home Depot today. I had to return something. I got this long box. 104 inches long. Exactly. And somebody sees me in the parking lot and says, Sir, can I help you? I said, actually, yes. And it didn't work there. Some guy, an elderly man, he came, he held one side, I held one side, and he walked me inside the store. Chesed, I don't know the guy. I don't know his name. I don't know where he came from. If I was a tzaddik, I would tell you I met Eliyahu But likely he was just some guy in the parking lot of Home Depot. This person did chesed for me. Because right now, even though I might have $100 in my pocket, 
the $100 doesn't help me when I need to carry the box to the Home Depot parking lot. What am I going to do? Put the $100 on the ground and it's going to help me do nothing. Money doesn't help you always. Sometimes you need chesed. Somebody's lying in bed. They're too sick to eat food. They're too sick to, to cook food. They need to eat. They're starving. So what do you do? You make them chicken soup. You bring them chicken soup to their house. Here I have a better guy. He comes and he gives them a $30 gift card to order chicken soup with. What does it help me? I'm not, my throat is hurting me. I'm sick. What am I going to do with the gift card? Are you going to drink it? You can't go to the store. It doesn't help. Yesterday, somebody reached out to me. Somebody here, part of the Shiviti Beit Midash. Not from San Diego, but part of this, of this Chavua. And they had a co-worker who, unfortunately, after years of domestic abuse, got up and left the house with her children. Now they're living in some motel in the middle of nowhere. And he knows they're struggling with food. He wants to know. He wants to take care of arranging meals for them from a local restaurant, not kosher. He wants to know halachot. Which halachot? Which food can he order? Which, they're not Jewish. Which food can he order for them? Which food can he not order for them? And I tell myself, I'm so lucky to be part of a Ben Midash. Well, that's the question people ask me. Not, Rabbi, is the Cheetos kasher for Pesach? The Cheetos is not kasher for a regular day. For Pesach, for sure, it's not kasher. Now, I'm asking you about a person. Don't ask me about yourself. <clears throat> I want to know which not kosher food can I buy to help my person, my friend, who is not Jewish, who doesn't have anything to eat. I would answer millions of halakhic questions like that a day if I could. Not everybody's like that. That's a person who's a gomel chesed. Next. Tzedakah, when it comes to charity. Tzedakah la'aniim. You can only do tzedakah for people who don't have money. If you give a rich person $100, you did tzedakah? No, because a rich person has a billion dollars. Right? You just have a billion and a billion. Uh, Let me ask you this question. The rabbi in the subway who gave the guy his shoes, he did tzedakah? He did chesed? Let's say that guy took off his shoes and he gave it to the CEO. The guy, I don't know, from Wall Street. He's taking his bus home. He says, here, brand new shoes. Take my shoes. He did tzedakah? He gave him a gift. It's a nice thing to give somebody a gift. I don't know if somebody wants your shoes, right? But he gave him a gift. I guess it depends how long you wore those shoes. For I remember that rabbi might have even given new shoes. Who knows? But that's not a tzedakah. When you go to somebody's house for Shabbat, you give them a bottle of wine because they invite you for dinner. It's tzedakah? No. no, it's a gift. But what if you go to a person who can't afford wine for Kiddush? You give them a bottle of wine. So tzedakah works la'anim. Only for poor people. Gemilut chasadim. La'anim v'la'ashirim. You can do chesed also for wealthy people. Not just for poor people. The things that you do that are chesed, nobody has to be poor in order to receive them. And therefore, Gimilut Chasadim is that much more accessible than Tzedakah is. Because Tzedakah has a very, very narrow definition. I hope I started the camera. Has a very, very narrow definition. It's recording. Of who you can give it to and who you can't give it to. Whereas Gimilut Chasadim is much more broad. Lastly, Tzedakah. We're good? Tzedakah l'chaim. Tzedakah is for living people. So, I was, uh, you know, I'm, those of you who have been to some of my shiurim, I'm very interested in the United States prison system. Why? Yeah, 
That's kind of like a different kind of prison. I think one of the most evil things that exists in the world today, in the civilized world, other, is the United States prison system. One of the most evil things in the world. The fact that you go to sleep at night and you don't lose sleep because there are people right now living in cages, it's because you don't understand the Torah well enough to understand how badly we're treating other people. The person stole. So you're allowed to take him and lock him in a cage for 20 years. The person sold drugs. It's a crime. But you're allowed to take a person for 30 years and lock them in a 10 by 10 cell because they sold drugs. You have the right to do that. HaKadosh Baruch created people in the image of God. So HaKadosh Baruch also gave you the right to police people. Shoftim v'shotrim. You have an ability to... But you can't do whatever you want. If you're not allowed to hurt an animal, Tzar Ba'alechaim, human beings, how much more so? But unfortunately, for many people, these concepts are considered politics. I don't want to hear politics from a rabbi. But when you want it ready to learn Torah, the Torah of civil law, and look at the values that Judaism has more than the society we live in right now. So I was watching a documentary about uh, the prison system. And there's a, a good sheriff. He doesn't want teenagers to end up in his prison. His whole theory is you end up in high school, you're going to be here your whole life. And so he has a method how to discourage people. One of the things he does, he takes them to the morgue. Yeah, the morgue, where all the dead bodies, they keep them. I think I saw a list of, in California, maybe in San Diego, I don't know. 250 unclaimed bodies that are older than 10 years old. It means there are people who have family members, or don't have family members, and nobody even cares to come pick them up. The zilzul, the, the lack of respect to human life is, is amazing to me. In the Jewish culture, before the sun sets, we try to put somebody in the ground. And here are people laying in a freezer for 10 years. It's not, it's, not, it's not normal. So they take these children into there and say, look, you see this guy here? He's laying on the table. He's dead. He's on a shelf. There's 20 other people on top of him. We take him out of the fridge. We put him back in the fridge. We cut him open. We look at this. We look at that. Do you want to end up like this? Is this how you want to end up? And you should see people. They've never experienced a death before. But I don't need a sheriff. What do Chachamim tell us? If you're struggling with your Yetzirah, what should you do? If it doesn't work, very good. You should remember the day of death. Think about death. You think about death, you realize it's not a video game. You have kids right now all over America shooting people, automatic weapons, every corner of the world. They think it's a game. They're 14 year olds with guns. They're getting into a gang, so they get into a game, they got to do this. These people don't realize it's not a video game. You don't press restart at the end and everyone comes back to normal and then you start over again. Once a person is dead, they're dead. If you're not in the Kubala, it's even worse. They're not even going to come back. They're just stuck. They're dead. They're, they're stuck being dead. That's what they are. So what happens? When a person is dead, you knew he needed tzedakah. They tell the story in Bnei Brak. Why? Because we like to pick up people in Bnei Brak. Yeah, these two yeshiva guys. And they were trying to fulfill the mitzvah of matanot levyonim. On Purim, you have to give money to poor people. So they wanted to know, how poor do you have to be in order for a person to be able to accept Matanot Levyoni? You can't just give it to your friend. Yeah, someone poor, real poor. So they went to Shiur, the Rosh Yeshiva, gave them a whole class, every single opinion what it means to really be poor. And they figured they're going to go find a poor person, an Evyon, the Mehadrin. They're going to find the best Evyon they possibly could. So they're walking around the streets of Debak, they're testing this guy, no, he's not Evyon enough according to this opinion. He's not Evyon enough to that opinion. Finally, they find one guy, he's a... Mehudar Evyon. This guy is perfectly Evyon. So what do they do? They grab him. It's already a week before Purim. They want to make sure they don't lose this guy. They grab him. They throw him in the garage. They lock the door to make sure that he'll be there. And Purim, they can give him Matanot Evyonim. 
They open the door on Purim. What happens? You can't do tzedakah to a person once he's dead. These people lie. They lose out on mitzvah tzedakah. Once someone is dead, doesn't make it. He needed a loan. He needed help. He needed tzedakah. He needed food. But now he's dead. He's in a, in a grave. There's nothing you can do for him anymore. You can't do tzedakah for him anymore. But you can do chesed for a person who's not here anymore. So chesed you could do for a living person, but also for a dead person. You go to a funeral, you hear there's no minyan at a funeral. They can't say Kaddish. So go. You hear people are sitting Shiva. Go, you're there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is every place where there are people, we don't have the ability to go. You don't want to, I even went to a funeral here in San Diego. I knew that I wasn't going to be welcome, but I knew the person when he was alive. I knew him, I wanted to respect him. I came, so, oh Hashem, in front of everybody, they threw me out of the funeral. It's okay. Yeah, they screamed at me at one guy until I left the funeral. So I left. But I did my part. I heard somebody died. Somebody that I, I know. Somebody I wanted to help. What I do? When I go to a funeral, what do I do? I see everybody in the funerals here. Everybody's talking, they're checking their phones. I go to a funeral. I have my funeral service a lot longer than other people's. I sit there and I say to Yilim, I say Mishnayot, I just want to be here to help the person who died. Everybody else is talking, I don't know, they're posting on TikTok, whatever they're doing. I want to be able to help a person. So I stand in there, Tevilat, what did I do wrong by being there? Chesed, you could do it also. My grandfather, my mother's father, he was a regular, he used to work every day. Go in the morning, go to a job, and at night when there was a person in the, who was going to be buried tomorrow and they didn't have a Shomer to stay with his body the whole night, he would go. And I like today. Shomim today, it's a nice panazad. They can make money being a shomim. My grandfather would stay the whole night awake with the person saying to Hilim. And then in the morning he would get up and go to work, no sleep. And also without his check that came to him. You can do a chesed for a person. It's an unbelievable thing. I once had a situation here in San Diego. A Chabad rabbi here in San Diego called me. He said, there's a person who died in the community. They don't have any money to bury her. A him, it was a him. They don't have money to bury him. doesn't have any family. We need help. In San Diego, to, to die is very expensive. It's very expensive to be buried here. Yeah. And so what happens? They needed $20,000. Are you going to get $20,000 from? So they asked me if I'd be willing to get my kila involved. So I put it online to our people. You, a lot of you were involved. I said, we need money to help bury a person. It wasn't two hours later. And this rabbi called me back. Rabbi, stop. We don't need any more money. Baruch Hashem, we've hit the 20,000 mark. We don't need another penny. Just tell them to stop calling us. Baruch Hashem. Am Yisrael heard there's a Jewish person who needs to be buried. Am Yisrael from everywhere gets involved. Every color, every stripe, every denomination, they wanted to help. They wanted to make sure that a Jewish person could have a Jewish Levaya. It's something very special. It's a chesed shalemet. It's a real chesed. Because there's nobody to say thank you to you on the other side. There's nobody. And you don't do it for the thank you. You do it because HaKadosh Baruch told you. Your job? To be a person who does Gimelut Chasadim. It bothers me that in San Diego we don't have a functional. If somebody would be willing to organize a functional, maybe in other communities they have. I'm not familiar, at least in our circles. Of a Bikul Cholim. What do I mean Bikul Cholim? Not like, hey, how are you? Play some guitar for you and leave. People who really take care. There are people who are sick. They're not sick for two days in the hospital. For months and months, they could be in the hospital. Their spouse is at home. They're alone. They don't have food. They don't have money. They don't have any visitors. The Jewish community should be involved. You know, there are many communities. If you go to Seattle, there's two communities there. One is called Ashkenazi Bikur Cholim, 
one is Sephardic Bichon. They're Batei Knesset, huge Batei Knesset. But they started, their foundation, they started as Chesed organizations. They do Chesed. It's an unbelievable, everywhere you go, Maran, Shukhan, writes, there's no such thing as a Kina that doesn't have a Kupa and Tzedakah. Not a, not a little thing where you put coins. Kupa and Tzedakah meaning where someone says, I need help, I need help, can you help me? And we have something to help them with. Normative Kilo, to have that, that's something very special. You could do that for everybody. And our rabbis tell us, and Akadosh Baruch Hu will give you compassion and show compassion to you. Meaning, He will give you Rachamim, so you should be a Rachman, and then He will give you Rachamanut. Every person who has compassion for other creatures, Akadosh Baruch Hu then has Rachamim on you. You want Akadosh Baruch Hu to have compassion on you? You have to have compassion on the rest of Akadosh Baruch Hu's creations. You only will get compassion when you first show Rachamim to other people. Other, not just Biryot, but not just people. And we're going to see in the next page. And this is obvious. Everything you do, he does the same thing back. Somebody who is compassionate and does chesed with other people, will forgive the things that you did wrong with chesed. You see, there's a big problem with HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgiving you for things. We say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a God of faith. There's nothing unjust, unjust in front of Him. So how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu let you off the hook for something you did wrong? A person kills somebody else. They say, you know... I really like the way you're smiling at me today. Why don't I let you off the hook? Would a judge be allowed to do that? Where's the justice? Yesh din v'yesh dayan. There's a judge, there's law, there's a judge. If you do something wrong, you do something wrong. So how can this people get away with perverting justice? Ramchal talks a lot about this earlier in Mishnah Tishari. But suffice it to say that by your doing rachamim, now you cause it to be just. For HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have Rachamanut on you. Not letting you off the hook for that. It's because you are doing, you're acting one way, you have now enabled Kivyachon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do the same thing to you. You want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to let you off the hook? You can't stand here, doesn't help if you're still doing Chataim in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashamnu, Baganu, Gazanu. How many of us did things? Take things without permission. Buy things with the intention of returning it. Giza. Go into a store where somebody's making only commission and wasting their time because you're bored. You have two hours till your friend gets there. Geza. Waking up people when they're sleeping. Maybe you can't prove in the halacha. Geza. Gazanu. Tipanu dofi. Our mouths. Rabbi Salam said, if only people were as careful with what came out of their mouth as they're careful with the food they put inside of their mouth. Oh, we don't need this hechsher, we don't need that hechsher. Say, I don't need this lashon hara, I don't need that lashon hara. Try! You can't expect the Kadosh Baruch Hu to do kindness for us when we're cruel to everybody else around us. V'hu, mashamu, zikhram b'vachah, that's what our rabbis tell us. L'mi nosei avon, to who does the Kadosh Baruch Hu forgive? L'mi sh'over al-pesha. To somebody who's over al-pesha, he lets these things go. U'mi sh'enor rotzeh l'avir al-midotav, and anybody who doesn't want to let go, they're stubborn, they're stuck, they're angry. Or they don't want to do chesed. 
הנה הדין נותן שגם עמו לא יעשו אלא שורת הדין. חס ושלום. If a person I don't want to do chesed, I don't want to do good for anybody. I want to, that person did this to me, so I'm doing back to them. I was fine, that's how you treat people, that's how I'm going to treat you. You are teaching me the way you want to be treated. There's a famous teshuvah. I don't know if I should say it. On page 354, or my book is 354. Come and see. Who is the person who can survive if a Kadosh Bachu treats him according to the deen, what the law says? You know, Christians, they have this topic, conversation. There's the kingdom of judgment and the kingdom of grace. You familiar with that? That's what I'm telling you about. That since you can't fulfill the whole Torah, all of us are sinners. Because we're all sinners, we're never going to be good enough for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save us. So the only way to be saved is to do all the sins, meaning to ignore the Torah entirely and to accept Oto Aish, the Yeshu, to be our Lord and Savior. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will save us not because we're good, but He'll save us because we accepted His Son as the... It's very hard for Jewish people to wrap their brains around Christian theology. But... Try to understand. Rabchal is suggesting something radically different. The first part he says, if you want to run with a Kadosh Bachu with Din, you think you're going to do everything by the rules, you don't want to know what a Kadosh Bachu is going to do with you if he starts dealing with you the same way you deal with it. But the other choice is not, okay, so now let me go uh, adopt the Mamzer who came out of uh, Nazareth. I don't need him. Rather, what's the point? The point is, so then you also have to act with Chesed. That's how you save yourself. You save yourself by saving other people from yourself. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu treats you the same way. This thing sounds very easy. It's not very easy. It's a tremendous avodah. It's a tremendous... It requires tremendous discipline to let go of things, to let people off the hook for things they did wrong to you. V'david ha-melech mitpalel v'omer. David ha-melech alav shalom writes in Tehilim. He said, don't enter into deen with me because no creation on this earth is going to survive if HaKadosh Baruch Hu starts checking you out the way you check other people out. People make mistakes. People are not perfect. People are sometimes even bad. We once had a case in our Bet Adin. There's a person who did all these things right, but there was one, it was a halakha that was bothering us. We spoke to Arab parents, and how do you gently persuade, gently persuade someone to do things right? At the end of the day, he said, but what if someone does an Avera, it's on us? Sir you also do Averot, no? All of you rabbis in the Betadin do Averot. We're not you perfect. We accept somebody, we don't accept them to be perfect. We expect them to be human beings like us. Remember yourself, just like you're not perfect, treat other people like they're not perfect. And the way you would want a Kadosh Bachut to forgive you, forgive them. It's not something easy. Watch what the Vilamelech does. Somebody who does chesed will receive chesed. And the more chesed a person does, that's how much chesed you will receive. David HaMelech was exceptionally proud of this character trait of his. 
שאפילו לא שונאיו היה משתדל להיטיב. That even by those people that he hated them, he used to do good for them. Or they hated him, more correctly. זהו מה שכתוב, that's what it says, תהילים. ואני בחלותם לבושי שק, הנאתי בצום נפשי. When they were sick, my enemies, when they were sick, I put on sack clothes and I fasted. Why were you fasting? David Amalek, who are you praying for? You're praying for a person who hates you. Why would you want the person who hates you to get better? Let him leave you alone already. David Amalek can't do that. He says, when they hate me, they curse me. But when I see that they're hurting, I hurt for them also. Just because they hate me doesn't mean that I want them ואמר, and he says, אני גמלתי שולמירה, that I repaid all those people who did bad to me, I repaid them with chesed, with kindness. You know, we mentioned Christians. The Christians talked to us a lot about turning the other cheek and turning the other cheek. So we turned a cheek and they gave us the crusades. Another cheek, they gave us the inquisitions. A cheek, they gave us the auto deface. A cheek, they gave us... Every time we turned our cheek, we got a new tzara, we got a new... Suffering. I don't need the Mamzeo to tell me about what my faith is. David Amelech already told me. David Amelech was the one who turned the other cheek. David Amelech taught that even the people who harmed him, he did good for them. I want you to know, in, in today's world, it's very dangerous what I'm telling you. There's, there are very sensitive situations which people are hurt, they're abused, they're suffering tremendously. I'm not now telling you that now forgive them and let them back into your life and suffer more. I'm not suggesting this happens to you. David HaMelech, he's not uh, allowing these people in his home. He's not inviting them for Shabbat. He's not having sleepovers with their kids. not doing any of those things. I'm praying for him. From very far away. I'm praying for him. You have to also know how to balance. You don't hurt yourself. You can't do chesed on account of yourself. If you lose, there's a limit to how much tzedakah you're allowed to give. You can't throw away all your money for tzedakah. A person has to live also. What does it help if you do tzedakah? You give all your money away, and now you need tzedakah from everybody else. What did you fix? You just transfer the problem from him to you. It doesn't help anything. You have to take care of yourself too. But if you're able to take care of yourself, and still to hope for the better of somebody else, it's a special kind of avodat Hashem. And not everybody should feel obligated. Why? This is a matter of chasidut. You don't have to be a chasid. You could be a regular Joe Shmo, and you're allowed to not forgive everybody for everything they did to you. Here we're talking about a chassid. If a chassid really wants to serve a Kalash B'chul very hard, doesn't mean they have to drive to L.A. to go buy special type of milk. It means a chassid has to sit in his chair and even pray for the people who he hates. That's a much greater avodat Hashem. But it's not for everybody. And nobody's obligated. It's for a chassid. Zev, you're going to say something? talked about this one. Let me, let me gather my thoughts on the back to this. Okay, no problem. So I'll finish the next paragraph. It's still quite jet lag, so... <laughs> but welcome back. We miss you. And included in this, the last paragraph we'll do from the Ramchal, for now. Not to cause suffering to any creature. Al-Khanan asked me yesterday why I had to kill the spider inside of the house. It's a good question. He has a better question. Then I have an answer. Even animals. To have compassion over them. 
וכן הוא אומר, נצא איזה משלי, יודע צדיק נפש בהמתו. We use this today in, in uh, there's a saying in the rabbinic world, like when they say, how did he know your son was going to like that flavor of ice cream? You say, ah, יודע צדיק נפש בהמתו. I'm a tzaddik, I know the soul of my animal. But really, it means that tzaddik, really, he knows even his animal, what his animal needs or what he wants. וכבר יש הסוברים, and our rabbis, even are of the opinion, צער בעלי חיים דאורייתא, it's a big argument by our rabbis, a מסכת בבא מציאה, whether צער בעלי חיים, causing suffering to animals, is a biblical prohibition or it's a rabbinic prohibition. And there are many proofs in either direction. If you want to go sit and look at the suga, you can. Says Ramchan, our rabbis, some of them, are even inclined to say that Tzar Ba'alei Chaim, causing suffering to other creatures, animals, is a delight, that's a biblical prohibition. At the very least, it's Derabanan. What happens to the person who violates Derabanan? What happens to the person who violates the word Derabanan? We don't kill him, but he's Chayav Mita. should be killed. What does it mean? You can look there for the commentaries. It's not so simple, no, just rabbinic. Just rabbinic is not a just rabbinic. Yeah, sure, there's a Torah, but we have our Supreme Court, the Talmud, that ruled us something. That means it's just as binding for us. You know, before I read this last sentence to you, I have a picture here. It's a famous picture. Since my childhood, I've had this in different places. There's a famous Ashkenazi rabbi from the Musar world. His name was Rabbi Eliyahu Lopian. I'm not familiar much with his. I'm, I'm not a student of the Musayar camp, but he's one of the big tzaddikim you learn a lot about. Rabbi Eliyahu Lopian, this is a picture of him outside of his house. He would come home, he would feed the cat outside of his house. A street cat, you know, in Israel. Not, not, uh, he would make sure the cat had food, something to eat. By the way, you have an obligation to feed the cat outside of your house? It's not your cat. By some, some commentaries even say, you can even give the cat, if you own a cat in your house, are you allowed to give him basar b'chanaf to eat, meat and milk together? You can't, why not? Because basar b'chanaf is forbidden even hana. So they, they make some kind of uh, food in a can. You can't give it to your... Okay, let's say it's cooked. Let's say it's cooked. Yeah? Now, what if it's a street cat? Are you allowed to give a street cat basal khala? Some say yes. It's not your cat. You don't have to feed them. You throw the food out there. You don't get any hana'a from feeding the street cat. Other rabbis say no. The reason you're feeding the street cat is somehow it makes you feel good. Like you go, you see the people in Central Park feeding the pigeons, or you go to Miramar Lake and they're feeding the, the ducks. Clearly, it gives you some kind of happiness to throw the bread and see. So maybe it is a problem. Nonetheless, it shouldn't surprise you. The picture is the picture. Oh, look, I found a rabbi who fed a cat. It shouldn't be. It's the other way around. People sometimes come to my house. Oh, we never saw a rabbi who has animals in this house. Why? What happened? Oh, religious Jews don't really deal with animals. Why? Well, you tell me that everybody, where, where did your religious Jews come from? Tell me the guy in Poland and Filler on the roof had a farm and sheep. He didn't have a dog who protected his sheep? Never had such a thing? But people are, are forgetting our history for so quickly. People have uh, sheep and cows and donkeys and goats. and The far old McDonald's wasn't just old McDonald's. Also old Mick Moshe also had a farm. He also took care of his animals. 
and their halakhot how to take care of animals. You can't tell me that Jewish people don't have animals. Maybe you could argue why a pet and who'll be fine. I'm, I'm open to that. But it shouldn't surprise you when you see Timlech Hamim that are kind also to animals. Because that's part of what makes you a chasid. Makes you a chasid is when you care not just about your friends or your family, you care even about the mouse in the backyard. It bothers you. You don't want to kill him. Bottom line says Ramchal. Harachmanut, compassion, vehatava, in doing good, tsarich shetie takua belev chasid olam has to be instilled in the heart of a chassid forever. And a chassid's whole purpose in life is to do good to all creations, Jews, non-Jews, human beings, and things that are not human beings. And especially not to cause them any suffering. But more than not causing suffering, also to do good. The definition of a chassid, the whole purpose of a chassid, that he should always do chesed. I know that this sounds obvious today. But a few weeks ago when we started this, it didn't sound so obvious. It wasn't so obvious to us in our head that a super religious person, a chesed, that his whole chesed, his whole personality is one of chesed. But now we understand what is the definition of a chesed. And that means that the next time we learn together, we're in a perfect situation to understand the chesed that Rav Kook is going to talk about on the sugya of Berechot that we're going to come back to. If I'm not here next Thursday, B'zalat Hashem, the following Thursday, God willing, I think it'll be Chanukah already, that God willing, we'll be learning here together in the Berek Knesset throughout Chanukah. I wish everybody good evening. If anybody has any questions or comments, please feel free to ask them now. Uh, it's going to be